Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Thursday. We're recording it Wednesday, kind of Thursday. We're doing our preview show this week. It's a short week. Game on Friday night in the Coliseum. We wanted to talk some USC Washington State. I got Brian Stoltz. He's with kookfan.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian J. Stoltz, S-T-U-L-T-Z. Got him on the line right now. What's up, Brian? How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Can't complain. I just uh, had a trip to Austin and came back. It's sort of a short week or definitely a short week. And now uh, now getting ready for USC Washington State. Um, Washington State has not played a conference game yet. USC lost to Stanford, of course. So this is a pretty big one for both teams so far. Yes, it is. It's a chance for uh, Wazoo to make a, a kind of statement on national TV and Friday night in front of a a powerhouse program and it's also a chance for USC to rebound. So uh sure both teams are excited and, you know, have a game plan set in and want to make a statement. So it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun too. And, uh, you know, I, I think we know a little bit more USC played both Stanford and Texas on the road. Didn't look good uh, in either one of those games. Um, and it's hard to tell. Yeah, I think, you know, the win at Wyoming, I thought Washington State looked a lot better than I thought they would on the road. There, San Jose State's mm-hmm. fairly terrible. And uh, Eastern Washington, <laughs> you know, they can they can score some points. They had a pretty good third quarter. What, what have you found out so far about this Washington State squad? I think the offense is as good as it's going to get. I mean, it's, uh, as good as it can get. And uh, they, they're clicking right now. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the quarterback, the transfer from East Carolina, has come in and done a heck of a job uh, being a leader and uh, replacing Luke Falk, uh, who's always a hard guy to replace. And they have a deep core of receivers that each one can step up and has their own skills. And, you know, uh, we don't know what they'll do against a real defense yet. Uh, I mean, Wyoming was supposed to be the real defense that they were facing, but um, they did great against them. And then, you know, Eastern Washington gave them kind of a test, but they pulled away in the second half and, you know, USC will present a challenge to them. So, as far as uh, defensively, you know, the USC offensive line is huge uh, compared to what uh, the Wazoo defense or defense line has uh, faced so far. So, uh, uh, we'll see how they can handle the big guys up front and uh, if they can put pressure on JT Daniel, which would be huge. Uh, but we'll see what they could do. Yeah, you know, here. So going into the season. There was some stuff in the offseason, obviously. I mean, the Tyler Herlinski stuff was obviously mm-hmm. terrible. Um, you know, on the football side, Mike Leach flirted with the Tennessee job. And this is a team uh, that returned the fewest starters in the Pac-12. I think four on offense and five on defense. So wasn't really yeah. sure what this team was going to look like. So to me, they're playing better, you know, than I thought. I think some of the – it seems like they've handled – some of the off-season distractions. I don't know. Do you kind of see it the same way? I think they actually grew closer as a team. And uh, even with Gardner Minshew coming in, uh, he's taken this leadership role. He's a outstanding guy. He's high energy at all times. 
uh, the Tyler Linsky thing, I wasn't here until July, so I can't really speak for that. Uh, but um, I've seen this team, you know, they're, they're close. They've really bonded off and on the field. And uh, I think that translates to what they've done on the field. Yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, defensively, I've been impressed. Uh, Tracy Clays comes in. He was a head coach at Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love the way this defense played. There's no Hercules Mataafa anymore. And I think this could be a kind of a defense that gives USC troubles. We saw that happen last year where maybe it's not mm-hmm. the biggest guys, but there's there, there's guys coming from multiple, um, you know, positions. You're not really sure who's going to be rushing the quarterback. And the USC offensive line, they're a bunch of big, strong guys, but we've seen them just whiff or, or not have guys not block at all. So I think they could get confused by what you see from this Washington State front. And maybe stymie them like they did. I mean, they only got they got minus five rushing yards against Texas. So I yeah, there could be some problems there with this Washington front. Uh, yeah, I mean Washington it's a three State, man sorry. front. I mean, it's a three man front with uh, nose tackle Taylor Comfort, who's one of the best stories. He was he wasn't even going to be on the team this year, but because uh, he was a walk on for four years, and then uh, he was offered a scholarship late, so he was able to come back for his fifth year, and uh, he's made it best of it and he's made his first sack a couple of weeks ago in his career and I mean he's a player that just gives 110% at all times undersized but like you said I mean he has a low center of gravity that helps him beat the bigger defenders and this these these defensive front has been it was one of the biggest question marks I would say coming into the season and it's been fantastic so far uh Tracy Clays has been amazing with his play calling he knows the Exact time to call blitzes, which helps his defensive front. And the rush linebacker with Willie Taylor and uh, Dominic Silva's, those two guys have stepped up, providing pressure, uh, getting to the quarterback, and it, it's been a surprise for, so far. And I feel like they get, they should be able to give uh, USC some trouble. Is it like a – so there's three down linemen. Is it like a 3-4 sort of look with um, – you're not sure which like linebacker may come in and, and, and rush the quarterback? Yeah, it's a three-man front. There's nose tackle, uh, Taylor Comfort. There's uh, defensive end, um, uh, defense tackle, Nick Begg, and defensive end. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't believe that. But um, and uh, then uh, they have a rush linebacker and Willie Taylor or Taylor or um, Dominic Silvos that will line up at the front line or you know play back a little bit, but. Yeah, it's kind of like you never know where the pressure is going to come from with this team. The uh, three new starters, I believe, on the offensive line. I know that was one of the concerns uh, coming in there. Obviously, Washington State's putting up some points. What? Uh, mm-hmm. How would you say the offensive line has played with the with the new guys in there? That has been the biggest surprise, of, I think, the uh, the season so far is how well the offensive line has gelled. Uh, they, you know, all through. Uh, all through fall camp, it looked like they had um, the positions settled. And then at the very first of the first game, uh, uh, Watson goes in instead of, or uh, I'm sorry, Liam Ryan goes in for Watson. And uh, they, they've stayed the same entire time. They have they finally gave up two sacks last week. But as far as uh, protecting uh, Minshew, they've been really good. Minshew can also scramble a little bit, which helps that a lot. But um, as far as their performance, I think it's an A plus right now. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things I was kind of making a note to to sort of watch what's going on because you know I think there was 19 players gone from the two deep 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see, you know, what, what this team looks like. We don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know as much as I think I know about USC. You just see it every day. Um, they just have, yeah, you know, but they're talented, you know, but this is a, a Washington state team that I just felt like was going to take a step back or so. And, you know, getting their conference play, maybe they do, but I've just been impressed with, with what I've seen, you know, so far, you know, I, I think the Tracy Clay's thing, I mean, lo- you know, losing the defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch was, uh, I thought he was a stud, you know, he goes to Ohio mm-hmm. state. So getting Clay's to kind of fill in and do as well or even better, uh, just seems like it's, a lot of things had to kind of fall into place. It seems like they have for Washington State so far. Well, well, when Clay's came in, he kept the strategy the same. He kept the schemes the same. He kept the lingo the same. He actually had to learn it himself. So that has helped the transition from, you know, uh, Grant's to Clay's. Uh, the players are, you know, running the same defense. Uh, they have the same calls, everything like that. So that's really helped um, the transition. The uh... and like you said, and like you said, like. Before the season, everyone was picking four and eight, five and seven. I, my, I myself picked seven and five. Um, but as Kyle Sweet and some other players said, they're Washington State. They're used to hearing that. They've yeah. heard it every year. So uh, that's they're used to it. And they go out there and perform and uh, put, it, put it out in their mind and, you know, try to prove that they're better than that. So... The uh, is Kyle Sweet the like the top playmaker you think for the wide receiver core? Uh, no, it's uh, Tay Martin. Tay Martin, Tay Martin okay. is a so- Tay Martin is a sophomore. Uh, he makes uh, exceptional catches look easy. That's the best way to put it. Um, he's probably the. I mean, he's the top playmaker of the team. He had I think 167 uh, yards receiving last week, maybe 137. He had 13 receptions. I mean, when he can get open, uh, you got to find him because he is so dynamic. Uh, Jameer Calvin has come in and done a great job as well. I mean, Kyle Sweet might be the third or fourth best receiver on this on this unit. Interesting. Okay. Um, what about the the running back spot? Is you know James Williams, or is there is there kind of a committee? What's going on there, and uh, how they? Yeah, it's kind of a happen? committee. It's kind of a committee between uh, Williams and Borgie. Uh, Max Borgie's come in, and he hasn't missed a beat. You would think he was a senior instead of a true freshman. Uh, out of uh, he's out of Colorado. Uh, you know, Florida was Stanford at the very end to go there, but he, he stayed committed to Washington State, and he's he's going to be a stud. I think he's really going to be a stud. Uh, they haven't ran the ball very well, uh, but that's a product of them passing the ball 57 and 60 times a game. So um, they have the talent there and both of them have the skills to uh, get out of the backfield and catch the ball, which is a huge, huge thing in this offense. And they both have that ability to turn, you know, a, a pass from the back into the backfield into a big game. So, you know, that's another th- uh, threat that, excuse me, that Minshew and uh, Leach have on their hands. The uh, the secondary, how's the, how's the, that group look so far? I don't think it's a, a really deep group, right? But wh- how have they been playing? Uh, it's not really deep, but they have talent. Jalen Thompson's probably one of the best in the Pac-12, I would say, um, at safety. But uh, the cornerbacks have been, Darian Moulton and Sean Harper Jr. have been very good. Uh, there were some questions watching them during fall camp uh, about how they would perform once the game was going on because – 
to put it precisely, they, they held a lot and they weren't called during when there was no referees. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they've really gotten better at, and one of the big things they've gotten better at is looking back at the ball when they know it's coming. And they're, they, they've performed well so far, but as you say, you have so much talent. What is the right receiver, St. Brown? Yeah, I'm going to Brown. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, they haven't faced a guy like that yet. So we will see what they do against top competition that USC always has. What? Uh, let's talk about the kicking game a little bit. USC's special teams have really struggled. Uh, they had a blocked field goal that went for a touchdown against Texas that pretty much put the game uh, out of reach. Uh, you know, roughing mm-hmm. the, the punter in the end zone. You know, dig a dig Texas out of a hole. There's been a lot of just bad special teams plays. How's Washington State played so far? What's the the, the specialist look like? Uh, the field goal kicking is better than we thought. It's still a little iffy if it's uh, beyond 45 yards. Uh, Blake Moss has done a good job of coming in with field goals. The uh, highlight of the highlight of the special teams has been the punter Oscar Krogovich, or what I've always pronounce, mispronounce his name. Um, but he's I think they're average. I think they're number one in the nation in uh, punting yards. Interesting. Or USC's closer yeah, to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or uh, punt like punting. I don't know some punting net, net punting or something nature. like net. Punting. Yeah, net punting. I think so. Yes, thank you. Um, but he has been, and he's a he has a booming leg. I can tell you, uh, he's been a highlight. And uh, last week they uh, they have two uh, speedsters, Travell Harris, who's a, also a wide receiver. He returned a kick for a hundred yards. So their special teams has been pretty good so far this year. I would say. Interesting. All right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's one thing you got to watch all those, uh, to me, hidden yards are very, very important. And, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it, USC has been really bad at that one. What do you, what do you think it's going to take? Um, I think USC's favored by three and a half, which I don't really, I don't really agree with the line. I, t- I would take Washington state in the points, but what, I mean, to, to kind of repeat, you know, what happened last year, get that win on a Friday night against USC. What do you think it's going to take from the, from the Cougs? I think it's going to take an A, a game. I mean, uh, USC has all the talent in the world, and you never know when they're going to break out. I mean, uh, Clay Hilton, I think, is a good coach. It helps that he's a good Auburn man like myself. But uh, uh, um, but you never know what US, when USC is going to break out. And um, I think if the, if the defense is able to shut down the running game and force JT Daniels to make plays, of course he might have a great game. But he's a true freshman forcing him to make plays in a primetime game. Uh, I think the offense will click as it usually does. I think it's just up to the defense on putting pressure on JT Daniel and forcing him to mis- into a couple of mistakes. Oh, you're an upper guy. Oh, nice. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Probably before. I, I had no idea that I had no idea that Clay Hilton was an Auburn guy until this week, actually. Yeah. He, uh, back in the day. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, back that's, in the day. So you were, you were covering the SEC before, right? I was yes. Okay, how do you like how do you like yes. the Pac-12 so far? Pac-12 fun. I like it. I, I I was one of those guys that grew up on the East Coast and was up till two a.m. every Saturday watching college football. You know, the Pac-12 after dark, and you know, um, I always called it the one eye game because you have one eye closed sleeping and the other one <laughs> trying to stay awake. So uh, I've always enjoyed the Pac-12 and looking forward to it. It'll be my first Pac-12 true game so i'm looking forward to it nice all right well we uh looking forward to have you on in the future too we uh 
Appreciate it. Brian Stoltz. Uh, follow him on Twitter, Brian J. Stoltz. Uh, he's a senior correspondent at kookfan.com, which, of course, is part of our 24-7 sports network. Uh, hey, enjoy your trip down here, Brian. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see you up there in the temporary press box at the Coliseum. You won't get Absolutely. the full Coliseum experience till. <laughs> Couple, well, actually, it'll be a while now, but uh, you get you yep. can see the temporary one, so that that should be all right. They got we That'll got some drinks, enough. we got some drinks, some box lunches. It's not terrible, but Friday, Absolutely. you know, make sure you get there early because like Friday traffic is. Uh, oh, I forgot it, about that. Yeah, I definitely want to get there early. Good point. It, and it's good now, just to let people know too. If you're listening, you know, preview of the game. Um, some there's you know usually fans can tailgate on campus, so. You cannot do that because it's a Friday game. There will be no tailgating. Uh, the the camp, Ooh. yeah. Though the tailgate will have to be at the Coliseum, but the Coliseum's under construction, and most of the tailgating spots were wiped out with construction of uh, the Lucas um, Museum that's going going in. So the, a lot of that stuff is gone. A lot of those lots are gone. So tailgating is going to be at a premium, and then parking too. This whole year, you can't drive to the Coliseum and pay to park. It's only for permitted. If you're permitted. And so if you are on campus, usually you can park there early. Those lots won't open till most of them till 5 p.m. Unless you have a permit. I think a permit's like 2.30. So a lot of different, it's going to be a different experience. This one's going to be a tough one to get to with all the, the construction and everything going on. So just, you don't need to worry about it, Brian. You'll be in the media lot, but we actually have to walk. The, the yes. media lot, it's like a walk. It's like a, I don't know, three quarters of a mile or something to get to the stadium. Oh, nice. <laughs> It's All not right. too. It's not terrible, but it's like usually you're right across from the stadium. But for the regular, I might, fans, just, I might just, I might just Uber it. Oh, there you go. You can Uber it from uh, yeah. where are you staying? Uh, downtown. Okay. Downtown is some hell. Yeah, so it's not far. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely Uber it. That'll be easier. And then they also recommend people take the metro. I tried that once. It was a disaster. So I'm never going to recommend that. But some people <laughs> do. Uh, LA is not a very good uh, public transportation city. But just so people know. Uh, unfortunately there's no tailgating on campus. Find what you can when you get over there. And, uh, yeah, not that we could tailgate anyway, Brian, but you know, for the fans out there, they, <laughs> need, they need to know these things. We can have it afterwards. Yeah. All right. Brian Stoltz, thank you so much, uh, for coming on the show. Everyone else will be back in a minute. We're going to talk about the odds of this game with Rafael Esparza. He's with doc sports service. We have him on every week talking about uh, the spread and all that kind of stuff. USC's not been doing very well against the spread, and Rafael will break it all down for us. You know, ever since I started the Peristyle podcast, people have been asking me for betting advice. Are the Trojans going to cover the spread? Truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. That's why I'm urging you to go make your way to MyBookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game, live betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business and all you fantasy gurus out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So if you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code PARASTYLE to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code PARASTYLE when creating an account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. We have Rafael Esparza. You can follow him on Twitter at 
VSI Doc Sports. He's with Doc Sports Service and also an odds maker consultant for mybookie.ag. We have Rafael on every week talking about the odds for the game. Rafael, thanks for coming on. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Can't complain. I had a long trip down to Austin, Texas, which was, you know, wonderful, eating some good barbecue and stuff, but I didn't really get to see a great football game. Uh, was <laughs> uh, was right, though. USC didn't didn't cover that one. I don't know if you thought what you had any thoughts on the uh, USC-Texas game. Yeah, I mean, it was a great game until like the third quarter, and then all of a sudden, to me, it just looked like SC didn't know how to tackle. They were out of breath. I saw a lot of hands on the hips, uh, especially in the fourth, and I think that's why Texas pretty much uh, controlled the game after that. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little shocked. I, I guess what's the biggest concern if I'm a USC fan, 17 points in two games is not going to win any uh, – you're not going bowling. You're not. It's going to be a very, very long season uh, if you're a USC fan. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing that's got me. I, I thought the way they played in the first half against UNLV, I'm like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden they flexed their muscles in the second half. I'm like, okay, this is a USC. Maybe they were just – playing around their opponents. But then what I saw at Stanford, three points. What I saw last week, 14 points. I mean, how could you be a fan in any kind of college football uh, of California, uh, USC, or UCLA? I mean, uh, I guess maybe to start rooting for Stanford or, hey, get rid of your college gear and put on the Rams stuff. Because right now, <laughs> both, uh, both the USC and the UCLA, it, it could be a very, very, very long uh, college football season. Yeah, so this uh, so didn't cover... Uh, it's hard to cover spreads when you're scoring, you know, three points and 14 points. Um, 0 and 3, and there's some historically bad spread covering, I guess, from USC over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, their last 18 games, I can't stress this enough. We're talking about USC Trojan football. The, the used to be the only pro football team in California. Very long. You know, people are probably listening to that. What? Really? But no, we, we didn't have all these pro teams in California uh, football. But they're 3 and 14 against the spread in their last 18 games with one push. Their last seven home games. This is home. This is where they should dominate. This is where the orange or uh, the colors of USC should be all over the place. One in six against the spread in their last seven home games. I don't know how they're three-and-a-half-point favorites against Washington State. Uh, I, I had this pretty much either a pick em. I understand you're at home. You should automatically get three points at home, but the numbers tell me this ain't a home field advantage for USC lately. So uh, this one, Friday night, so glad this is a Friday night because there's not that many other games I can compete with unless I want to watch some baseball games and fall asleep. I'm excited <laughs> to watch this with USC at Washington State. Yeah, I was a little surprised at the the odds too, uh, the spread, because, you know, Washington State hasn't played a great schedule, but they're 3-0. and um, You know, the, they threw for 470 yards in the last game. And we've seen this USC team just not put up a whole lot of points. And, you know, Washington State's like one of those smaller, quicker defensive fronts. And um, we saw, you know, it's not necessarily getting overpowered on the USC offensive line. It's not really knowing who to block. So when you bring defenders from different spots, you don't really know what's going on. You're not really sure who you should be blocking. I think that's going to give USC some trouble. So, yeah, like, I, I think I would take Washington State in the points for sure in this one. Clayton hasn't lost at the Coliseum, but like you said, he's not been covering the spreads at the Coliseum. He's not winning as decisively as you would want. Uh, this one getting three and a half points for for Washington State, I, I would get on that. This might be, this might be, who knows? This could be Clayton's first loss in the Coliseum. 
Yeah, I mean, Washington State beat them last year. People are uh, 30 to 27. That game went under the spread. I, at first, I looked at this 53. I'm like, maybe USC's offense would wake up just because you figure Washington State's going to want to throw the ball and put up points quickly because they probably think if it's a scoring golden toe-to-toe, USC won't be able to muster up with that because, like I said, 14 points against Texas, three points against Stanford. But uh, the under has to be the play here because I just don't see USC's blowing up their offense all of a sudden. And I know their last home game they scored 43 points, but that's against UNLV, which UNLV has been putting up 50-plus points in that game. So – Maybe it's just their defense, uh, what we saw against UNLV. So this one, again, I, I'm probably not going to have any action on this unless for some reason the numbers have moved. But uh, Washington State has to be the play, and maybe the under, just because I'm not 100% sold on that offense, what USC brings on the field. Yeah, I mean, the, the weird thing is you could see somehow, like you mentioned, USC getting it together. But Washington State could put up points in bunches too. Um, I'm curious, you know, that's, that's the, the number just – Gut wise, I'm not great at the over under stuff, but it seems a little low to me. But that's you know that's why you guys are the best at what you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that's why the lights stay on in Vegas, and, uh, and I have a, <laughs> and I have a job. Is, is cause, but like I said, for this game, we're we're gonna get action because there's th- hey, there's three games on Friday night, so you're gonna get action. People parlaying it, so it's gonna be very interesting. This number will move. This number, pr- I think, it's probably gonna go up to four. I think the fans are gonna look at USC just because of USC. They're going to look at Washington State's schedule playing Eastern Washington, San Jose State, Wyoming. They're going to look at those teams, and they're going to look at, okay, USC, while well, they had to play Texas, while well, they had to play Stanford, of course they should lose those games. Those are both on the road. So the public money, I can guarantee you, will come in on USC late. Right now we're getting 53% of the action on Washington State, but I know the public, I know California is going to be driving to Vegas uh, on Friday to spend the weekend there, and, and that money will probably come in. So I would not be shocked if this number moves up to four. Well, all right. Well, Rafael Esparza, always love checking in with you and getting the uh, getting the lowdown of what's going on. Three fourteen and one in the last eighteen. That is not good for USC covering the spread. But uh, thanks again, man. We really appreciate you coming on. No problem. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. That's Rafael Esparza, Doc Sports Service and Oddsmaker Consultant for MyBookie.ag. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.